Well, hello. You are listening to The Jazz Focus, and my name is John Clark. Thank you for joining us again this week. Welcome if it's your first time. We are dedicated to exploring uh, some of the cobwebby corners of jazz recorded history, and today we're going to go into a particularly dusty corner. Uh, this will be a show dedicated to a dance band uh, from specifically 1932 and 33. Uh, this was before the swing era hit, but this was a band that was kind of associated with early swing, and it was led by a fellow named Joe Hames. Joe Hames was a an arranger more than anything else. He was a piano player and a drummer earlier in his career. He was born in Missouri in 1907, and he was uh, hired to uh, provide arrangements for local bands in Missouri before he went on the road with Ted Weems' band as their chief arranger. And Ted Weems had a pretty good hot band in the late 1920s. Of course, later on, he became much better known as a sweet band leader. But uh, Hames was responsible for quite a few of his arrangements, and uh, after a while he left Weems' employ to uh, lead his own band, which may have been financed by Ted Weems in the very late 1920s, and came to New York in 1932. And uh, he had some popularity, he played around uh, the New York area, but he didn't really have a lot of staying power, I think, personally. Uh, he had a, a, this good band that recorded for about oh, a year and a half or so, and then he sold the band. He basically made a deal with the actor Charles Buddy Rogers, who had been one of the first Academy Award winners for the film Wings, and I think it was in 1927. He was also a musician of sorts and led bands throughout the 1930s, and he took over the Joe Hames band, Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Uh, and then Hames sort of rested on his laurels, I guess, for a while before he put together another band in 1934 and uh, was aiming more to the swing era. We're going to cover that band at another point. He had people like Bud Freeman, Sterling Bowes, people like that in that band. And then eventually he sold that band to Tommy Dorsey after the Dorsey brothers split up. So, interesting career. The band that we're going to hear now is the one that he was... Uh, fronting in uh, throughout most of 1932 to the very late part of 1933. And they made a lot of recordings, very few of which have been re-released. There was a two-album set of his RCA Victor recordings that came out on Bluebird. Uh, and uh, there have been a couple of random CDs, and I found some other things online and different places. So we have a good, good picture of the uh, Joe Hames Orchestra from this period. So our first uh, three tunes will come from their first recording date for Bluebird. They were called the Radio Rascals for some strange reason. One reason the, the band probably didn't have a lot of staying power is it didn't have name recognition because it recorded under so many different names. Uh, the three tunes we're going to hear are Old Fashioned Love, which is a good feature for the sax section, Pray for the Lights to Go Out, which was a kind of a novelty gospel tune that uh, some of the Western swing bands picked up on later on. And then Let's Have a Party, a good kind of group uh, vocal type of tune. We're going to hear in this group some soon-to-be swing stars who are just at the beginning of their career. Pee Wee Irwin's on trumpet. He plays the solos along with Robert Wager in the trumpet section. Les Jenkins played trombone. He went with Tommy Dorsey later. Mike Doty and Danny Dondre on alto saxes. They were with Ray Noble. Mike Doty went with Bunny Berrigan. Johnny Mintz plays clarinet and alto sax. He does all the clarinet solos. He was with Tommy Dorsey for a number of years. Dick Clark, uh, who was soon to go with Benny Goodman, was on tenor sax. And John Langsford on baritone sax. John Langsford was a, a key component of this early band. He was with Ames for quite a while. Uh, he was 
very tall, something like 6'7 or 6'8, and played baritone sax, so he was a, his was an arresting presence on the bandstand, I think you'd have to say. Then we will hear Paul Mitchell on piano, Stanley Fletcher on bass and tuba occasionally, and a fellow named Jimmy Underwood on drums and vocals. Jimmy Underwood was a big part of the commercial appeal of this band. Uh, he unfortunately passed away suddenly uh, from something, I forget what, uh, tuberculosis or something, uh, about a year into this band's recording career, and uh, he was replaced by uh, John Riley Scott, which we will talk about later. So those first three tunes come from a, a date for Bluebird on May 4th of 1932, Old Fashioned Love, Pray for the Lights to Go Out, and Let's Have a Party. Then we're going to go to about a month later, June, or, yeah, June 7th, 1932. We're going to hear a tune called When I Put On My Long White Robe, another one of those pseudo-gospel tunes, again featuring Jimmy Underwood. And then we're going to finish off that set uh, with a, another tune from one week later, June 14th. And this was recorded for Electrodisc and added Carl Snyder on guitar. And it's a tune called If It Ain't Love, familiar to a lot of the 1920s um, uh, and early 30s aficionados out there. And the vocal on that will be taken by Larry Murphy. So those are our tunes for the first set. Uh, Joe Hames and his orchestra as the... Uh, Radio Rascals, and uh, possibly some other pseudonyms as well. Old Fashioned Love, Pray for the Lights to Go Out, Let's Have a Party, When I Put on My Long White Robe, and If It Ain't Love. Thank you. 
was deacon in a hard shell church way down south where I was born. And the people used to come to him for miles around, hear the holy work go on. Sister grabs deacon round the neck and says, Deacon, won't you sing that song? But the deacon told his sister that he didn't have time, felt religion coming on. Just then somebody got up, turned the lights all out. Should have heard that sister shout. She shouted, brother, brother, if you want to spread joy, just pray for the lights go out. She called the deacon, deacon. oh, kneel and pray. Should have heard that sister shout. She took two steps forward, two steps back, shook her shimmy, bawled the jack. She shouted, brother, brother, if you want to spread joy, just pray for the lights go out. Oh, boy, a fine preaching sermon that I sure so. Now there's been too much crap shooting going on around here. And old brother Lankford been drinking too much beer. Now if you want to be prepared for the judgment day, just get out your little book and write what I say. Now you got to take two steps forward, two steps back. Shake your shimmy, hold the jack, shout brother. If you want some red joy, just pray for the lights go out.
make a pair. I'll take the bows. And I'll take the air. Let's do a rumba. Oh, what a dance. I'll take precaution. And I'll take the chance. We'll skip and hop, hop and skip till we drop. I'll take a trip, honey. And I'll take a flop. Uh. Let's go in vaudeville. We'd make a pair. While I take the bows. Well, I'll take the air. Let's have a party. Come, let's begin. You bring the women.
different love Why do I feel just like I do? Different love Why am I here longing for you? What can it be that's making me Dream of you night and day Keeping me blue all the day through Whenever you're away If it ain't love Then it must be some magic And if it ain't love How did this song creep in my heart? Oh, why do I sigh to that moon above? Please answer me What can it be if it ain't accomplished uh, white band of the early 1930s in New York. There were a handful of groups that generally are forgotten about today uh, who were in on the very beginning of the swing era, or were laying the groundwork, I should say. Of course, you have the Dorsey Brothers Orchestra, which came and went at various times, depending on how the brothers got along. Uh, the Casaloma Band was one of the better-known ones. And then you had some holdovers from the 1920s, Gene Goldcat and Paul Whiteman. And uh, the Ben Pollock Band was still around. You also had some local New York bands like Gene Cardo's Band, which had some wonderful soloists in it. We've done uh, some podcasts on, on, on various elements of that band. They recorded under the name of Joel Shaw and his orchestra, too. Uh, and these were bands that had uh, young musicians primarily who were all very good players, who would end up in the more prominent swing bands of about five, six years later, and in the studios even after that. So we started out with Old Fashioned Love, the James P. Johnson tune. This was done on May 4th of 1932 for Bluebird, the Radio Rascal, so-called, with a vocal by Jimmy Underwood. Uh, that had a particularly fine saxophone soli passage, uh, the saxophone section, and Hames was a very good arranger uh, and did a number of stock arrangements, also things for Tommy Dorsey and, and various other groups as well, especially for his own band here. Uh, in 1932, the standard saxophone section was three pieces, two altos and a tenor. 
the discographies list five here, two altos and then an alto doubling clarinet, a tenor and a baritone. And there are certainly at least four players in there and possibly five as well. So that gave Hames uh, more creative license, I guess, in his harmonies and also uh, the ability to show off the group. All of them were very, very accomplished musicians even at that point. Danny DeAndre, uh, who was playing alto sax, also was a violinist, although I don't think we have any violin here. That uh, purveyor of all knowledge, uh, Wikipedia, also informs us that that recording of Old Fashioned Love was brought out of mothballs in 2022 as part of the soundtrack of a gay porno cartoon. So I have not investigated that, but uh, we'll take it at its word for that. So after that, we heard Pray for the Lights to Go Out. That pseudo-gospel tune, as I said, that had been recorded by, or was to be recorded by, a number of Western swing bands, Milton Brown, Bob Wills, and others as well. Then we had Let's Have a Party with some good comic uh, band lyrics in there. Also some good background clarinet playing by Johnny Mintz and a trumpet solo by Pee Wee Irwin. From there we went on to yet another gospel, pseudo-gospel tune, When I Put On My Long White Robe, and that has our first proper clarinet solo by Johnny Mintz, who was a very, very good clarinet player who never got his due. He mainly just played in big bands, Tommy Dorsey's band especially, and then uh, went into the studios. He played in Arthur Godfrey's band, uh, which was led by Archie Blyer in the late 1940s and into the 1950s. Also heard some good Pee Wee Irwin on that, as we did on the next tune, If It Ain't Love. Kind of a ballad performance, although this band never did anything very slowly. And that was uh, featuring a vocal by a crooner of the day, Larry Murphy. So we're going to go on and hear more Joe Hames now. So we are going to now listen to uh, a great tune from this period called Hummin' to Myself. And this was recorded uh, not by any great name bands, but by a number of sort of lesser light bands and some really great takes on this tune. The Boswell sisters come to mind as uh, one group that had a great recording of this. There were also some English bands that recorded it. And uh, this will have another vocal by uh, Jimmy Underwood and comes from the same session as If It Ain't Love, which was June 14th of 1932 for the Electro Disc label. Following that, we're going to hear uh, a tune that uh, is familiar, has come back several times over the intervening years, called Lullaby of the Leaves. Kind of a romantic tune. Uh, This band was too young and full of vinegar to play anything terribly romantic, but uh, this comes as close as anything and features another vocal by Larry Murphy. Then we're going to go on to a couple of uh, jazz tunes that I believe were both composed by Joe Hames, one called Get Cannibal, and the other one which was called on some labels Toll, but was more properly known as No Toll. And uh, these were both recorded on June 23rd of 1932 and uh, were released under the uh, name of Phil Dooley and his orchestra. Phil Dooley was a singer on a couple of the uh, tracks we're not going to hear. And it's the same band. Uh, Denny D'Andre was out, so we have a four-piece saxophone section. And instead of uh, Carl Snyder, we're going to have Chris Fletcher playing guitar. So after that, we are going to finish up with a standard by Alex Hill and uh, Claude Hopkins. And this was a tune that became Claude Hopkins' theme song. We're going to be doing another Claude Hopkins podcast coming up. We already did one mm, quite a long time ago, but uh, worth doing another. This was released uh, as by the Williams Cotton Club Orchestra. And uh, it's called I Would Do Anything For You, or in this title, Would Do Anything For You, with another Larry Murphy vocal. And this will 
feature some good alto sax by Mike Doty, as well as uh, Pee Wee Irwin on trumpet. And uh, on piano, we have uh, some good work by Paul Mitchell, who was later in that first Tommy Dorsey band, the one that Dorsey bought from uh, Joe Hames later on. So that will be our set coming up. And these are all from 1932. I should mention on I Would Do Anything For You is the first session uh, that has John Riley Scott on drums. As I said, uh, Jimmy Underwood had died quite suddenly uh, at that point, or right before that point, I should say. So that's our set. Humming to Myself, Lullaby of the Leaves, Get Cannibal, No Toll, and I Would Do Anything For You.
Southern skies can watch me with a million eyes Or sing me to sleep, lullaby of the leaves Then cover me with heaven's blue And let me dream a dream or two Or sing me to sleep, lullaby of the leaves I'm breathing along, along with the breeze I'm hearing a song, a song to the trees That fine melody caressing the shore, familiar to me, I've heard it before. Oh, that Southland, and all I feel, it in my soul, and all I know, I've reached my goal. Oh, sing me to sleep, lullaby of the
see a fella here so black he needs a lantern to find himself around in the daytime. Thank you. 
That was kind of an uncharacteristically slow version of I Would Do Anything For You, although a driving performance, certainly. So that featured Larry Murphy, as I mentioned, and the new drummer, John Riley Scott, done in July 25th of 1932. We also heard some good uh, Mike Doty on alto sax, Pee Wee Owen on trumpet, and Paul Mitchell on piano. Before that, we heard... Uh, we hear we heard um, no toll. I'll go backwards this time. That was a Joe Hames number uh, that had some great Pee Wee Irwin playing on there, and that was from uh, a session on June 23rd of 1932, credited to Phil Dooley and his orchestra. And right before that, we heard that strange tune, Get Cannibal, which certainly had a lot of uh, unpleasant imagery in it. You had a lot of that. Uh, Darkest Africa imagery, which, of course, was done also in jungle music, Duke Ellington, the Cotton Club reviews, things like that. So, apologies for that, but some good playing and an interesting arrangement. As far as I know, Joe Hames did all of these arrangements, and he was a very accomplished fellow in that regard. Some really good effects. When we remember, this is 1932, so the pre-swing era. Um, the other white arranger that we've uh, talked about in the past on a couple of podcasts was Archie Blyer, and he uh, was really a pioneer in doing stock arrangements and, and translating new jazz styles into uh, publishers' orchestration so they could be played by everybody on some level at any rate. So before that, we heard uh, Lullaby of the Leaves, kind of a pretty performance, although again with a lot of rhythm to it and another Larry Murphy vocal. And then we started out with Hummin' to Myself, uh, vocal by Jimmy Underwood. Nice, compelling minor key tune. We heard some good tenor sax by Dick Clark on that one. And those uh, last two, Hummin' to Myself and Lullaby of the Leaves, were done for Electro Disc you know, on June 14th of 1932. So we're going to have one more set of this period in Joe Hames' career. As I said, he reformed a different band in 1934 and had people like Bud Freeman in it. I'm going to actually play a selection of those tunes uh, that featured Bud Freeman um, and, and some of Bud's recordings with big bands from that period, Tommy Dorsey, Ray Noble, uh, Benny Goodman, and so forth, and certainly with uh, Joe Hames as well. But our uh, balance here will consist of, oh, a few tunes. Here's another uh, Joe Hames tune that actually was recorded, I believe, by a few other bands called Hot Jazz Pie. Um, and this will feature Mike Doty and Joe Hames on vocals. We heard some uh, various vocal interjections by Joe Hames on some of these different tunes. He apparently fronted his band, although he didn't play an instrument in it. Um, and presumably he wasn't uh, a compelling front man, I guess. That's why he kept selling off his bands. So after Hot Jazz Pie, which was credited uh, originally enough to Joe Hames and his orchestra, done on August 2nd, 1932, we're going to go on to the Limehouse Blues, that great uh, jazz standard from the early 1920s. And that'll feature some great Johnny Mintz. And um, I believe it will feature Ward Silloway on trombone. And he became... Uh, known for his playing with a number of bands, including Bunny Berrigan's a little bit later on. And Limehouse Blues was done for Bluebird, RCA Victor, on July 11th, 1933, getting towards the end of this band's existence. I don't know if it was the flip side of that or if it was just also in the same session. We're going to hear another good old good one, Nora Bay's Shine on Harvest Moon, with a good piano solo, again by Paul Mitchell and uh, Pee Wee Irwin and Dick Clark featured on this. And then we're going to go on to I Never Knew, uh, the Fiorito and Contune, which will feature a vocal by Mike Doty. Uh, and that also features some good clarinet and alto sax. Alto by Doty and clarinet by Johnny Mintz. 
then we're going to hear a tune that goes back to uh, June 21st. Well, all of these are pretty much in the same time period for Banner Records, and it's called Gotta Go. And that will feature a good tenor sax solo by uh, Dick Clark and a piano by Paul Mitchell. And uh, after this point, uh, the band was, as I said, sold off to Charles Buddy Rogers, uh, although it made a final date in uh, November of 1933 under Mike Doty's name that featured him quite extensively. But we're getting ahead of our story here. So here is our set, uh, Joe Hames and his orchestra on various pseudonyms, Hot Jazz Pie, Limehouse Blues, Shine on Harvest Moon, I Never Knew, and Gotta Go. Thank you. 
gotta go. Got my hat, got my coat, got my extra tie. Just stopped in to say hello before I say goodbye. Hi-de-ho, gotta go to the sweetest gal I know. Love is calling me and so I gotta go. Joe Hames Orchestra from 1932-1933. We started out with um, a hot jazz pie, a Joe Hames composition. Kind of a, uh, uh, one of the fun tunes that he wrote, but with a particularly good arrangement, and that featured vocals by the leader and Mike Doty, who did many of the vocals on uh, this particular set. That was from August 2nd of 1932. It was followed by the Limehouse Blues, a good hot performance of that from July 11th of 1933, with a particularly good clarinet solo by Johnny Mintz and trombone by Ward Silloway. After that, we went on to Shine on Harvest Moon, a kind of a, uh, a driving arrangement, not a really fast one, but a, a good swing era or pre-swing era arrangement from the same session for Bluebird that brought you Limehouse Blues. And we heard good Paul Mitchell on piano, Dick Clark on tenor sax, who uh, soloed with some of the early Benny Goodman uh, bands on recordings, but then disappeared into the studios after that, and Pee Wee Irwin on trumpet. Then we went to I Never Knew, uh, that tune uh, by Fiorito and Khan, and that featured Mike Doty on vocals as well as on alto sax after a clarinet solo by Johnny Mintz. And we finished up with Gotta Go, another Mike Doty vocal, and some more good tenor sax and piano as well. And that was done in June of 1933 for Banner. So I hope you've enjoyed this program. This is a, a really good band that uh, should get a little more recognition, probably, not only for uh, being an incubator for later swing era musicians, but for having particularly high musical standards, uh, largely due to the arrangements of the leader, Joe Hames, who was not a, an instrumentalist or a particularly flashy personality or anything like that, but he put together very good bands and was obviously a very good music director as well. So you've been listening to The Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark, and if you'd like to contribute to our well-being and our upbringing and, and continued existence and all that, uh, we'd love to have you as a member of the family. Check out my social media pages, Wolverine Jazz Band on Facebook and Instagram, wolverinejazzband.net. If you'd like to get in touch with us and give us some idea about some future programs you might like to hear. So thank you very much, and I'll see you on the other side.